My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, everybody. It's going to be a fun shack house today. We are talking all things open championship, golf course, betting, you name it. Everything about Royal Brookdale you ever wanted to know. But first, before we get there, shack house friends. A special word from our friends at Callaway, who are makers of the steelhead, because as you know, they are the makers of the new steelhead XR fairway wood. You may remember the old steelhead fairway wood. It was Callaway's most successful fairway wood of all time, and it's back and better in every way with a recontoured Hawkeye sole and supercharged face cup technology. Steelhead XR is longer and more versatile than ever. When you play Steelhead XR, there's no such thing as a bad lie, and it's available now, so go out, get your Steelhead XR from Callaway's nearest golf shop supplier of your favorite clubs, and Listen, here's the best part. Towards the end of the show, we are going to have a fun little giveaway. Also, before we get started, Shack House Pals, a word from our good friends at SeatGeek. As you know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better and simpler way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. Their seamless mobile experience permits you to buy and sell tickets in just two taps. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or, or musician in person. SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I, my own self, had this experience on the 4th of July. God bless America. The Washington Nationals beat the hell out of the New York Mets. And thanks to SeatGeek, me and my little boy and my wife sat under nice. We got ourselves... Uh, seats under the overhang because it was hotter than Hades here in Washington, D.C. on that day, Shaq. 
Anyhow, folks, you know SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. They have plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets, too. Listeners of the Shack House get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. $20 free to get that $20 rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made that first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. Enter promo code HOUSE today. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA, golf, and beyond. Let's now go to the Shackhouse, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Greetings, House from Southport, England. How are you on this fine Monday? We've been away for a little while. We apologize, but uh, we are back this week with a whole bunch of shows. We've got a whole bunch of great stuff to talk about. It's another major right in the middle of the summer. This is a, a favorite time of mine. I always enjoy the Open Championship because of the time difference. It's wonderful to wake up in the morning to championship golf. That's one of my favorite things, Shaq. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for the British summer stuff. I loved uh, Royal Ascot in the morning. I love Wimbledon in the morning. And uh, But I'm here enjoying it in the late evenings, and I'm glad to be here. It's so cool to be at the Open. It's my, my other favorite tournament besides the Masters. So you have been there for a full week now. Well, I was over, yeah, I came over for the Scottish Open and took that in and played a little golf and then uh, ventured on down last night. And I'm now here at Royal Brookdale, home of the 146th Open Championship. What was the venue for the Scottish Open? Dundonald. It's a Modern Links by Kyle Phillips. It was a, sort of a, I thought it was a pleasant surprise. It, it, it was a good Lynx test and, and a weird kind of finish and leaderboard, but brutal weather on Saturday, just a vicious day, uh, which I think is going to be kind of interesting going into this tournament if that took something out of some guys. But yeah, it was uh, it was a good good golf course. It lacked that kind of cool links thing where there was a bunch of open holes together. So that's the only negative I thought of the place. But as a preparation for this event, it was sensational. So you touched on the thing that I think is of most interest to me at this moment as I think about this championship and what it portends. Um, and, and, and especially the season that we've had on the tour thus far, we haven't really seen any bloodletting. We haven't really seen a, a, a venue mm. uh, grab you know, a field like this field and yeah. shake them down to their core. What is your uh, sense of how the weather um, is sizing up for this week? Well, I was just looking at that. And historically, of course, this place has had all sorts of weather. And uh, it's had a lot of great opens, uh, incredible list of champions. And I think that's why there's so much respect for it. Um, we are. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful here today on Monday. It just could not be a more stunning day. The golf course is in perfect shape. It's got... I wouldn't call it hard and fast, but it's firm enough. The ball's running a little bit. It's funny. The players think it's that, that the ball's just running a mile because they're just so used to how 
it's very little roll anywhere else. So that's great. Unfortunately, it's supposed to absolutely <laughs> pour on Wednesday from starting at about noon until eight. Uh, I think it's a hundred percent chance from the Met office. Uh, the the oh, it's got thunderstorms. It's got awful stuff. I don't even want to read it. It's it's too depressing to uh, to look at. So that's going to soften things up. And then um, the the again the Met office. Now the the more the printed forecast we get here <laughs> at the at the venue was a little bit uh, non-committal to Thursday and Friday. Probably knowing because everybody wants to read uh, those hour-by-hour wind forecasts and see who is going to get the luck of the draw. Very non-committal. But I went online, and the Met Office breakdown by the hour just basically has wind all day Thursday and Friday. Really good wind. So even if the course softens up, I think you're going to get a little of what you were hoping for, which is a a really tough uh, test the first few days. Yeah, so uh, no no more rain in the forecast after Wednesday, though, at least for this week. Oh, there's the usual kind of, yeah, there's, there's, there is the chance of rain, yeah. But nothing oh. like what we're expecting Wednesday, which will be probably uh, a situation where not many people are playing golf in the afternoon at all. And right. uh, they'll all just kind of come out in the morning. And, and if you look, I mean, a lot of guys practice pretty heavily who got here early uh, and were out here quite a bit, and they've, they've been out playing it a lot in anticipation I think that they're going to lose Wednesday. Oh, so that's interesting. Um, let's hear some names of some guys. But of course, that are you know, I just want to know one thing. You were mentioning that um, kind of a few things there, and it, just just remember the last six Open champions have played the Scottish Open. Uh, so that's just uh, just a little food for thought. If you were liking those people who came in and and just sort of uh, either missed a cut and got here early and and played uh, around at, at uh, Burkdale on Saturday and Sunday, it's just it's just something to note. Um, but house, yeah. So what do you want? You want me to tell you a little bit about this place before we we go too deep, so you have a little sense of what's going on here? Or, yes, or you, please, please. Well, it's uh, we're 15 miles north of Liverpool. We're 35 minutes west of Manchester. If you go about 95 miles an hour, I don't. I think a local tourism board wrote that one. Um, it, it's fascinating because you forget how close we are to Royal Lytham and Hoylake, both recent uh, hosts in 2012 and 2014. I believe I'm uh, thinking correctly. And um, so it's this amazing little group of golf courses in this area. Uh, Burkdale's kind of a different club than those. It's much newer, if you can call it new. And, and really, the, the golf course, as we, we will see it here, is uh, kind of dates to about the, the 30s, 1932, uh, where Fred Hawtrey and J.H. Taylor uh, kind of took a, a George Lowe uh, rudimentary links and made it a, a full golf course. And then it's been modified many times since by uh, more hot trees. Inclu- uh, the, the, it's, it's the longest standing practice of architects. And so they've they've messed around with it. Martin Hawtrey has uh, done more work uh, before the 2008 Open. And now he's done more work again to fix some of that before this one. The 17th green, if anybody recalls, was not exactly well received at the last open and uh, you may have recalled people trying to go for it in two and it was kind of a very stark two-tiered green it's still a par five still um a very reachable hole it's gonna be a fun fun hole down the stretch but it is it looks a lot better i was out there today and i i mean i just remember watching on tv i wasn't here and it was it was a terrible green so um weird rhythm to the course house now of course remember everybody starts on the first tee at the open championship so uh everybody's going to experience the routing and the the sequence in in the order that 
uh, it's it's meant to be, which I love. I think that's just great. Uh, you don't get the par fives until the end, fifteen right. and seventeen. Yeah. Right. Um, the, uh, the 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 nine going out is thirty four hundred sixteen yards, and and it's uh, obviously much longer coming in, uh, almost thirty six hundred. But it's interesting. The course started as a seventy three, and it's moved down in par <laughs> as the uh, players have gotten <clears throat> more fit. And uh, but it's well bunkered, one hundred twenty three bunkers, and uh, there are some. Uh, it's interesting. There's some. It's it's a very sensitive site. It uh, ecologically, we're we're uh, it's a special uh, interest site, a special area of conservation. So you'll see. A lot of really almost kind of wetlands areas over in, in spots, and it's it's very beautiful in terms of terrain and plant material and grasses and all that. And uh, it's it's just different. It's it's uh, got some pretty severe dunes, and I see why people like it. It doesn't have the quirky holes, but uh, it does have the beauty. That's uh, unusual, and uh, of course, it's hosted just uh, everything, and really everything's. Kind of since the uh, after the war, it's had amateur championships. It had Ryder Cups in '65 and '69. Of course, this is the home of the the concession where Jack Nicholas famously gave Tony Jacklin a, a short putt to have right. a match. Right. Um, senior Opens, Women's Opens, you name it. And then uh, House, you've probably seen. It's famous for its clubhouse, which we did a piece today on um, for Golf Channel, going around talking to people. Uh, man on the street kind of thing, asking them what they think of the architecture. It's stark white, and it uh, it was meant to to look like an ocean liner sailing through a mountainous sea of sand dunes. Uh, it was very ambitious for its time. It uh, is blinding white. They've kind of yeah, they've they've messed with it like you, people mess with a golf course. It used to have these rails on it, and that really made it look like a, a, a ship. And now it, not so much. But it is cool if you look on my site. I posted some old Open Championship videos, and when you see Arnold Palmer and Peter Thompson and all these people hoisting the jug in front of it, it's like, oh, okay, hey, it's been here a long time. It's seen a lot of cool things. Um, but it stands out because the clubhouses at these other places, you know, they're what you expect for a. A British club. They're they're the ivy and the the brick and the and, and the whole uh, old uh, uh, patinas to to them. So anyhow, yeah. that's kind of a little bit about where we're at. It's um, it's uh, it's a, it's a special place. I I you know I uh, I think we're in for a good championship if the weather doesn't uh, get out of control. I'd really like to see the golf course kind of present these guys with a test. So you have been out on the golf course. You were out there today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a few of the attributes based on things that I've read. The first hole apparently is a real test. Uh, there's a, I think it was um, Snedeker who said it was the hardest opening hole of mm-hmm. any major championship that they play. What, what's yeah. your impression of the first? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough start. Uh, I don't really know if there are any easy moments that I've seen on it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, look at the scoring. If you look last time when Padraig won here. Uh, the the scores were astronomical. Um, yeah, I have it. I have it in front yeah. of me. I mean, it's a par seventy. Both of the par fives appear on the back, fifteen and seventeen. And last in two thousand eight, the last time the um, Birkdale hosted the, the Open Championship, Patty won it with a plus three. Poulter was second at plus seven. I know you know who finished third. There was a tie yeah. for third actually. The Shark, Greg Norman, and, and Henrik Stenson. At plus nine, Furyk at plus ten, Chris Wood as an amateur at plus ten, 
Paul Casey at plus 12 and Steve Stricker at plus 12. Now, that's a pretty impressive leaderboard. Yeah, There's a lot is. of pedigree and experience on that leaderboard, and that's kind of the theme oh. of, yeah. of you know what I wanted to, to talk about. Eight of the nine Birkdale winners are either already in the World Golf Hall of Fame or you know almost there. Patty Harrington yeah. will be there soon enough. Yeah, and Ian Baker Finch, when he won here, uh, was one of the top three players in the world and was on track for having a, a really great career, and then he had a few injuries. So, again, he was not, when he won, this was no... Um, no fluke or weird, weird victory. He he was a top player at the time. So yeah, it's always done that. And I, I obviously, I think that is something to note as we kind of look at some of these players and ponder what their their chances are. Well, that's right. The other aspect, just in sort of a general observation, the last six champion golfers of the year, the average age. Do you want to guess? Average age. Well, uh, thirty-two. You are thinking youth, but you are not exactly right. The average age over the last six, and it skews a little bit because you'll hear a couple names, 38 and a half. Wow. Oh yeah, my and the reason for that is because the only young guy of the last six winners was Rory. Rory, yeah. Uh, and, we're, and we have, if we're only going six back, we have Darren Clark and Ernie both um, okay. yeah. in that mix. But Henrik won last year, Zach Johnson the year before that, Rory, Phil, Ernie, and Darren Clark. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's amazing. That's, when you're thinking about you know the combination of what this course requires in terms of um, the, the 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 fortitude and, and experience, and and I you know we use the word pedigree in connection with the course. I think it's equally true of the field. Um, we are going to I think this this uh, my expectation is holding true to form. Another old guy with a lot of experience, and if we're looking for our eighth unique uh, major winner in a row, there's a couple names that, that, that pop up of guys that could be due that hit that, that age demo, but we'll touch on that um, soon enough. Yeah. I've read some things suggesting that it's flat, the fairways are flat. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, uh, roly-poly stuff, and I think that's why people like it. You know, you always hear the fair word, which I don't like hearing about a link. But uh, two things that stood out that are absolutely essential to, to keep in mind. I, I uh, don't see a lot of drivers being hit unless it just somehow slows down. But uh, I could I heard one caddy say he didn't uh, think Rory was hitting driver until that uh, uh, 13th hole in his round. You know, imagine that. Now, he's got a driving iron in his bag that I saw him using at at the Scottish, and I think a lot of players have started to put those in their bags, so they're anticipating that they won't be hitting many drivers here. Um, the other thing that stood out to me uh, was how much you want to shape the, sh the ball left to right, and uh, there were there 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 are a few holes that are deceptive in that it looks like it's a it's a very much favoring a draw, but there are actually layup holes, so I don't see. The need, and and I noticed in a couple of write-ups, I think it was Henry Longhurst or Peter Doberiner going way back, even mentioned that it's a golf course that tends to favor uh, the left-to-right shot. Which, I mean, that could explain why Sergio has has had two mediocre opens here. But then the thing you want to throw in about Sergio that's fascinating, again, when you watch the Masters and you see him hitting some of those big cuts off the tee, uh, that maybe he's turned a corner and. Because he's somebody who I, I think very highly of coming into this. 
And uh, so anyway, if you have somebody pegged as a left to right uh, shot shaper, this should be a, a good place to, uh, for, for them to, to contend. Um, mm. A lot of back right. There were like three or four on the back nine really stand out back right hole locations that you could only get at with with a left to right shot and the, the holes behind a dune or or behind a, a, a ledge and so those were kind of the two biases obviously i hate seeing that we're going to probably have another golf course where driver isn't hit a whole lot we saw at aaron hills where they could hit driver all day and look where they hit it and i just think that that mojo factor that a guy like rory or dustin johnson or jason day gets from that uh, is taken away when they're when they're forced to lay up a lot um so that's something to to ponder yeah, might might rule out some of the bombers well it's interesting it does sound like as you describe it that way not super unlike what we observe with the players championship where um, position was so important yeah i don't know if it's that constraining of a golf course okay yeah i i i mean that, that, that I mean, yeah it's tricky because the players has there's a certain defensive element i don't think that the defensive element hitting shots into the greens is as strong here you know that's what's why it's such a tough one to punch at the players they 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 feel defensive off the tee they hit a lot of three woods or irons and then you feel so so apprehensive playing aggressively into those greens too these greens here are a, a lot more receptive and a lot more fun to probably try and attack so that's the good news on that we won't feel like they're they're plodding around. Although then I started looking at some of these greens from the side, and they have some subtle tilts to them that you don't see. And it's I see why it's been such a tough test over the years. You 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 can just imagine it with a little bit of wind. And um, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that element, though. I hope we do get some wind. Um, I don't just, think you your I think your wish is going to be granted. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year felt like an, an aberration um, in in so many ways. Uh, the stark contrast between the draws, you know, that yeah, yeah. has you know, uh, Henrik and and Phil essentially. Now they distinguish themselves unbelievably and 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 drew yeah. such a, a big. Um, you know, a uh, gap between them and the rest of the field, but they were also benefited by really what, what amounted to a, like a two-stroke kind of difference uh, yeah, in yeah, draw. Yeah. Hey, House, this brief intermission of the special first of three Open Championship preview editions of Shack House is brought to you by Callaway, the makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball, of which I left way too many Truvis around the great Presswick and Turnberry links last week. The key to the Chrome Soft, of course, is the incredible performance uh, thanks to the innovative dual soft fast core. Makes it long, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control the Chrome Soft, which is especially important in the windy conditions presented at the Open Championship. As we know, house golfers everywhere are changing to Chrome Soft and seeing their games reach new heights. Get out and try a Chrome Soft for yourself. Today, I, of course, always recommend the Truvis. It's the ball that changed the ball. Yeah, Jeff, I'm also very pleased to share a couple words from our friends at HelloFresh. It is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience and not just the final plate. HelloFresh 
creates each and every week new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices like me to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities so there is no food waste. They deliver food right to your doorstep in a recyclable insulated box for free right now offering delicious light summer meals and let me tell you the ingredients are delicious. You will love to eat them. Simple recipes. Get cooking. Just a few weeks ago podcast pals, I myself enjoyed the outstanding Korean style sesame beef tacos. Some wonderful Greek shrimp saganaki with a with a, a, a light tomato sauce and couscous, crispy chicken milanese with a lemony arugula salad. Friends, you need to try the Hello Fresh for $30 off your first week of deliveries. Please visit HelloFresh.com and enter Shack House 30 when you subscribe. That is S H A C K H O U S E 30 when you subscribe to HelloFresh.com. They will give you $30 off that first week of deliveries. Do it and get cooking now. All right, Shaq. Let's talk a little bit about the players. Yeah. So we already set the stage, right? Pedigree and experience. I want to hear your take on what you think is going to be the right combo for success this week. Well, I, I, it's hard not to look at people who are uh, good ball strikers and can get themselves around the place and with some experience and love of Lynx golf and who are who are hot and who are playing well. And I uh, I went out and watched some golf at the Scottish. And I did go play some wagers a little earlier than normal, but I wanted oh, to get some. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And I still, I'm, I'm gonna after the show's over, uh, a certain writer from a certain publication and I are gonna go over to Ladbrokes, and uh, we're also gonna we're gonna try to get some prop bets out of them. Jeez, it's it's like pulling teeth. Uh, but we, I put down uh, a little each way bet on Ricky at uh, nice. eighteen to one. Yeah, I uh, I got Poulter after his first round. Uh, in the Scottish, and he obviously hung in there, played well, and I got him at sixty-six to one. And then yep. uh, a, a really good player, he's won on the European Tour this year. Alexander Levy is still down at two fifty to one, and uh, just another guy who's playing well. I mean, Ricky's game, House, and I, you know, I know we we he does this a lot, but it just it's so effortless right now. He was playing with Stenson and Rory, and it was such work for Stenson on the greens. Rory, it was just off. It wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't right. The wedges were bad. There was just something not clicking. And then there was Ricky, who was just kind of gliding along. And he, you know, the weather was tough up there, but he he hung around. And I don't think he wanted to push himself too hard. Uh, So I think he's very happy with the way his game is going. So I'm very pleased to to have him. Yeah, that price isn't anything thrilling. The other player... Uh, just while we're talking on the hot hand side of things, who I'm going to uh, go uh, wager on this evening uh, is Wesley Bryan at 300 to one. 
He shot 64 in the final round there of the John Deere. And uh, I just feel like Wesley's somebody who will love it over here and, and have a blast and embrace it all. So I hope he's still at 300 to 1 when I get over to the to the, the fine, classy, always fresh-smelling um, betting parlor. I won't name the people that make fun of them. But, um, so those are, that's where I'm at with those people. But um, well, Let me you ask know, you, when, you, when you, um, you're doing um, each-way bets, which means what? Well, I bet, uh, I bet the same amount. So I did 10 each-way on Ricky. And uh, so if, if, he, if he wins... Uh, the Open Championship at eighteen to one, I uh, I make one hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, if he finishes in the top six, I get one fourth of that one eighty. Uh, so I'm getting a little money back, and and that's why. So I play a lot of these guys at two fifty and three hundred and and uh, one twenty five. I like to play those because uh, I'm I'm going for the top six finish. And I'm also going to look at some top twenty bets on on Brian and, and Levy too, but that's what I'm going for. It's 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 a win place version, uh, like horse racing win place bets. You're basically instead of I mean the chances of picking a winner are so slim. So at least you have this fun thing to to kind of root for the top six. And some of the betting places push it up to uh, they'll they'll pay seven places. That's very helpful. And this is uh, a perfect segue into you know my own strategy um, and, for and allocating I've, capital. Yes. Yes, I like to allocate capital, and I spread it out uh, across a number of different kind of variety of, of wagers. Um, and, and the basic idea always is just trying to generate a little bit of, of return, which is why I'm always focused in on guys starting around like 25 to 1 uh, yeah. and then up to, up to kind of 65 to 1, because that's the only way if you create a cast of characters the way that I like to do, where I might put out, you know, between... Uh, say 10 and 13 or 14 different units allocated in full unit, half unit, quarter unit uh, placement. I'm looking for top 20s. I'm looking for top 10s. And then I'm only betting a few guys as as outright winners. And those tend to be in that um, class. So I just wanted to, you know, do a little bit of that sort of betting strategy, betting philosophy kind of, of piece of this, just to remind folks uh, of what to expect. And we will be doing a little bit of an exchange in the Callaway community. So Shack House listeners, jump over to Callaway. If you're not already signed up in the Callaway community, get yourself in there. Shaq and I will be exchanging some final thoughts in there. Probably Wednesday morning, the post will be ready to go up. We might have it ready by tomorrow night, but certainly by Wednesday, We'll have our, our full kind of uh, complement of thoughts on guys uh, of interest, and you might want to, you know, for your own pools and 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 uh, you know, uh, yeah, fantasy, daily fantasy, all, all the rest of it, exactly. And I, I also have done a post that's up on my site now uh, with the links to Odds Checker, which is a fun thing to look at. And I'm looking at it right now. House they 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 put a player's number in blue if they're if they're getting bet and their their odds are. Are changing and they go in pink if, if if they're they're going up, and it's funny the whole thing's almost all this sort of pink color. But I've put an, a link to that um, at jeffshackelford.com. I also have uh, my picks from from Golf Week and Golf Week's fantasy group, which gets into DraftKings and all that stuff. And uh, so I have some information there, plus a link to the weather forecast. If you're if you really have a lot of time in your hands, <laughs> want to sit there and keep refreshing the Met Office's uh, page. Yeah. So yeah. So so, I, so you're so and you're, I'm with you. I don't really want to talk about uh, these these people who are twenty to one or better. The the Rose McElroy Garcia Rom Fowler Spieth Johnson, 
Matsuyama group. I'm going to do a couple of make Nothing the cut. against them. Yeah. Right. No, I, I'm going to do a couple make the cut wagers where I try and, and build little teams yeah. of six because okay. I try and generate, you know, some plus odds on make the cut bets. So if you try to bet Dustin Johnson, for instance, will, will he make the cut? It's a it's a negative. You have to you know put down. I don't know yeah. what the number is. Yeah. It's probably like uh, you no, know, no, 400 no. or something. But uh, if you if you put enough guys together, you can get plus odds. And I have um, the, the two young guys that I have that are going to be sort of anchoring this or or Spieth and, and, and Tommy Fleetwood. I'm not going to bet either one of those guys outright because um, I don't like the odds at all. But yeah. I know that the Tommy Fleetwood story is going to be told 15,000 oh, yeah. times this week. Why don't yeah. you, can you do the 30-second version? Well, yes, he's uh, uh, yeah, he was 188th in the world a year ago, and and uh, he 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 dumped his uh, coach and his caddy, and he's got a friend caddying. He went back to his old coach, uh, and he won on the European Tour recently at the French Open, and he grew up here in uh, in Southport, just up the street from the golf course, and he came in the media center today. I was out on the course. Uh, doing some stuff with Golf Channel, so I did not get to hear his press conference, uh, but he definitely is uh, the focus and getting bet like uh, like he should. He's playing really well. He finished fourth in the U.S. Open, so good for him, but um, like you, uh, that's not a not a tantalizing price. Uh, no. It's it's one of those things where he could either really feel the pressure or really have fun with this. So, so um, I have two, two guys that yeah. I'm going to do... Um, top 20 plays on because I like the odds that they sit at right now and I like the form that they're showing uh, I'm going to this is going to sound a little crazy I have Brendan Steele as a guy who's been playing this year mm, okay. well this year he's made 14 of 15 cuts he his uh, performance in the majors and the players have been good uh, T27 yeah. at the Masters T6 at the players T13 US Open he his odds right now for top 20 are plus 750 so seven and wow. a half to one that's a nice that's a nice wow. number I yeah. like that a lot another yeah. guy um, that's been sort of uh, quiet under the radar um, just steadily cranking out made cuts that I'm going to make a top 20 on because I like the odds again Bernd Wiesberger mm. did I say yes. it right Bernd yep. Burnt? Uh, burnt. Burnt is burnt. always what burnt I always Beast hear. Burger. I'm sure, burnt. Okay. I'm sure uh, neither one of us got it right, and I'm sure our, uh, our our friend and former Shack House guest, Mike Tarico, when he listens to this, will uh, will come by and correct me. Uh, <laughs> 16 of 16 made cuts this year, has a win this season, three other top t- 10s, T16 at the U.S. Open. I love Berndt at, at uh, plus 375 for a top 20. Okay. So those are Very th- nice. two names that I know I'm going to do top 20 plays on. In terms of wins, now again, we'll get this out into the community, and I'll also send out some some tweets. I like to tweet my uh, menu of of, uh, of options. Uh, also, I am going on uh, against all odds with the cousin Sal tomorrow night. Now it is the case because of the, of my sort of expansive approach, and people try and criticize this. I have Jeff Shackelford identified the winner of the majors five of the past six major events. Yeah, the only one nice. that I've missed out on is is the PGA Championship last year that Jimmy Walker win. I right. do not have him on my menu. Uh, and people say, well, you know, House he says forty names, so of course one of them wins. Well, look, <laughs> here's the thing: if you like to win money. Uh, I, I try and be very, uh, uh, you know, um, 
complain about this is the way I'm going to go about it. Here are all the names that I like. If you bet all these guys in these increments, so you get a return on your investment. The U.S. Open return was nearly two to one. The Masters return was just under three to one. If you bet exactly the way that I sort of laid it out there, so you don't have to do this, and you can criticize me if you want. Getting a winner is hard, but if you hit the winner, it pays for all the bets. So that's kind of the right. idea. Anyway. Okay. Some early names that fit the sort of category, pedigree and experience. Uh, and I also like two of the three, two out of the three of these guys I'm going to mention um, uh, fit the narrative of, of haven't won a major. So it could be our eighth major with the, you know, as a first time winner. Matt Kuchar mm-hmm. is sitting at 60 to one. He is. Matt Kuchar has made the cut at the Open Championship the past five years, and his form lately has been exceptional. Uh, The last five events that he's played, the worst he's done is a T12. Uh, He just finished up yesterday with a T9 at the Scottish Open. He has two top fours. He was uh, uh, tied, tied for 16th at the U.S. Open. Matt Kuchar, 39 years old. Um, fits a lot yeah, of the checks a does. lot of the boxes checks and, you, and also fits your you mentioned this earlier this little nugget you know the last six winners have played the week before at the Scottish yeah. Matt Kuchar played the Scottish yeah. last week and I uh, I went out and he was I was sitting in the the press room there and he was out on the putting green Sunday I couldn't believe how early he was out putting and I went out and talked to his caddy John Wood uh, who's contributes to Golf.com's uh, confidential now and then, and, and is a future broadcaster if he wants to wants to be. And he was just saying how much uh, Matt loves coming there, and you know you can't hit a six iron from 125 yards at the John Deere, and it, there's just nothing like Scottish golf. And because we were talking about the golf course, and he didn't think that Dundonald was a masterpiece, but he also thought it was a good, solid place and a perfect prep. So very nice pick. I uh, I do feel like one of these days. He is. Uh, he just. This. This. It's kind of like Phil now. You feel like this is the one where, uh, for whatever reason, and and I'm going to put in the karma element too. Just coming over and playing the Scottish every year, like he does, has got to pay off for him at some point. So I noticed he was. Uh, he's one of the few players at Odds Checker right now, House, who is getting some action today. He's uh, yeah, down to fifty to one at Ladbrook. So good call there. Well, I saw him. I, I'm I'm going to try and snap him up. I might have to put this in before this podcast right. goes live. I need I need uh, to get my sixty to one action on him. Who else? Who else? We got him. I have. Uh, along, you know, I, you, you mentioned him earlier. Forty names in. I know. No. No. We're only going to do a couple more. Uh, only going to do two more for for today's oh, okay, show. Okay. Yeah. Ian Poulter. You mentioned him. It's really hard to walk away from him. Not only do we love the narrative, uh, and, yeah. and at least I do. I love having a guy with some color and some 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 flavor. It would be a really neat thing for the tour to have back-to-back week winners, Bryson DeChambeau and Ian Poulter. The return of the bad guy. How good would that be narrative-wise? <laughs> He's not, not a bad guy. No, none of it's these so guys funny. are bad guys, but no. they both they both uh, um, oh, they create a the lot of, of oh. commentary. People love it's to hate on. Love to hate on DeChambeau and love to hate oh. on, on Poulter. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Poulter has been crazy hot the last, uh, you know, uh, 
handful of tournaments that he's played in. Some some advanced stats things. He's first over his last 12 rounds in, in a couple different categories of the advanced stats. I think it's a strokes gained um, approach and strokes gained uh, um, accuracy. I, I, I'm, I'm not 100%, but I mean, he's, he's showing very well in the advanced stats. He has seven straight made cuts in the events that he's been playing lately. T9 at the Scottish Open last week, and obviously he finished second in 2008 at Birkdale. I like him at 65 to 1. I'm not going to bet, you know, a huge number on him, but that's another guy that fits a story. 41 years old, has been around the block, has accomplished some things, has created, you know, notoriety from his outstanding Ryder Cup performance. Feels like the combination of pedigree and experience. Poulter is going to get a little allocation of capital from me. The third guy, this is it um, for me. Uh, he's had a quiet season. Um, Adam Scott is available at thirty to one. Now Adam Scott is a major winner, uh, and him available at thirty to one um, in this event feels fantastic. Look at Odds Checker and let me know how's he looking. Is he is he still at thirty to one? On yeah, he's still twenty eight to thirty. Yeah. Generally. So look, yeah. he's made the cut in his previous seven. Lab that's breaks. fine. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm going to try and snatch him up at thirty. Made the cut in his previous seven Open Championships. Four top tens in the past five uh, events competed. You can't count Adam Scott out in an Open Championship, and so I would, that's that's my last guy. He was Kutcher, grinding Scott at, and Poulter. Okay, he was grinding at the Scottish last week. Uh, Stevie's on the bag, and they were out working hard. He had a bad, bad third round in that that brutal weather, which I think is, uh, as they say in horse racing, you can draw a line through that one. It, it was just a brutal, brutal day. <laughs> it was right. It uh, yeah, it was nasty. So um, I like that one. I, I like your. Uh, I like your old guy picks in in the sense that uh, based on the numbers, I think those are all worthwhile. Uh, I think we can safely say that when Henrik Stenson is downplaying his chances, that's not a good sign. Um, I don't quite understand Phil Mickelson's uh, preparation process coming in, but you know, last year neither one of those two was too impressive at the Scottish. They were just kind of uh, hanging around and. And then they went off and put on a historic performance. So you never know what the Claret Jug uh, mojo vibe might do for for both of those two uh, now former former winners. If you're you're talking old guys, but uh, I, I feel like they have to just be uh, uh, acknowledged. Do you want do you want to discuss Rory, or do you, would you like me to just, uh, just stick a fork in him now, or or, or do you see some reason for hope? Because I sure don't. <laughs> Well, the, that's that's the thing that scares me. He said he, 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 he thinks he's close. He doesn't think he's very far away. Yeah, he's um, not far away. Uh, I f- could not believe my eyes watching him putt on the back nine on Friday, this most recent at the Scottish Open. The, yeah. the His putting stroke, this, this, this uh, staccato jab, which looked like he's trying to, uh, I don't know, um, conjure up the, the old tiger I don't I don't I couldn't but ha- how badly he missed on 18 knowing that he needed to make that putt to have a chance to yeah. to make the cut uh, yeah it's funny I was out watching him and his lag putting was sensational he was just uh, putting from way off the green it was I was thinking well that looks good and really what was bad were his wedges at the Scottish he was I just, I just don't think he's used to new clubs. I think he made. I went on Golf Channel uh, Monday and I just flat out uh, threw it out there. I think he made a huge mistake switching in the middle of the season. I don't think anybody can adjust that quickly, and uh, I think he's he's really reaping the uh, 
the punishment that he deserves for, for, for doing this in the middle of the year. He was working hard today on the range. I saw him testing stuff and working on his swing and about 14 entourage members standing around or whoever they all were and watching anxiously. But I was just blown away by how poor some of the, the approach shots were, uh, at least in the time I watched them. And then, as you, you say, the, the putting was poor. So I am not... Uh, I'm not too uh, too thrilled about his game. I'm, I'm much more fascinated by by Sergio. And you know who else is is moving down the um, the the board on the on the numbers is Justin Thomas. And if you want to go to a young guy at 66 to one now, which is uh, fascinating to me, that he's uh, he's losing. Well, I I don't know what that means, but he's he's not attractive apparently to the to the punters. And by the way, Sergio, last three opens, just FYI, T2, T6, T5. He, he likes the Open Championship. Again, I'm yeah, just so curious what his ball flight means on this golf course and if we can throw out those last two opens because he's a different person now. He's going to um, be a, he's, I'm putting him in right now. I'm writing him down. Sergio, top 10 and top 20. I'm betting him both yeah, of those. Yeah, I really think this is, this is a good one for him. And, and I think it was a good one for him before he, he, he won the Masters. But um, So that's kind of, that's my pick at, to, to actually win the golf tournament. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to bet him at, uh, what is this now? Gosh, it's just not tantalizing. Well, he's at 18, 720. Yeah. Um, also not getting a lot of love from the, the punters. I, I guess I should go and read his press conference transcript today. I wonder if, I, I don't think he said anything too, uh, too awful. Somebody would have told me when I came back in from the course. Um, well, anyway, it's a pretty that, good. That's yeah. a good start. And like we said, we'll we'll have some more notes. You can go to Callaway Community, the Shack House uh, entry. Uh, we yeah. have a page there. All you have to do is a very short and quick registration. Uh, Callaway.com. And jump in the community and see who our picks are come Wednesday. Right. We teased at the beginning of the show the XR Steelhead Fairway Woods. We ah. have one to give away this week to Shack House fans and listeners. We have a three wood that we're going to give away. And the uh, contest, we're, we're going to, as always, Jeff, you will post show notes after the show goes live right. at some point this evening. Today is Monday, July the 17th. The show will go live. And then if you want to enter the contest, give yourself a chance to win an XR Steelhead, brand new XR Steelhead 3-wood. Go to Jeff's site, jeffshackelford.com, and go to his show notes page. And underneath there, in the comments section, Put in two things. We need two numbers from you. We need the number for the cut line. So this is a par 70. Uh, so the cut line will be something between, it's probably not going to be under par. It's probably not going to be 138. So. No. But um, something I would yeah, guess between 140 and 152, depending on how the wind blows, right? Well, yeah, you're, yeah that, would be, that would be correct. That's one number. Enter in what you think the cut line will be, and then enter in right below that how many guys you think are going to make the cut. So what is this one, Jeff? Top 70 and ties? 70 and ties here at the Open Championship. That's correct. So some number between 70 and possibly 95 for, or, or more, right? Correct, um, correct. Yeah. So two numbers we need from you. We need the cut and line and how many guys are going to make the cut. And we need your email address. There's a spot to put your email so we can contact you uh, when when you are the grand prize winner. So how are we doing the house? Are we adding up the person who's closest to the, the winning total? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be in the comments section on the on the site, jeffshackleford.com. Just Google Jeff and Golf if you can't find it. Now, a few things I have to uh, plug from my friends at Golf Channel House. We are 
doing a special midnight drive on Wednesday night. It'll be around, I have to double check the time, but I think it's 9 or 9.30 Pacific and 12 or 12.30 Eastern uh, as, a, as a setup to the opening round coverage of the Open Championship. I will be here at the golf course at uh, 5 a.m., ready to go to, uh, to to be part of the group to help kick it off. And then they're doing 14 straight hours on Thursday. Uh, oh, NBC Golf incredible. Channel coverage team. Yeah, and then that obviously the world feed helps out quite a bit with that. But yeah, so opening round is going to be a long day, big day. You make sure you have some coffee. We have our recap show on Thursday. Yep. So then after, and that was what I was going to say. So we'll have a recap show Thursday night, and then we'll be again uh, with you all on, on Sunday night. To, uh, to, to recap what is hopefully a, a thrilling Open Championship. Uh, so, House, I think that about covers it. Do you want to uh, mind if I mention our friends at Odyssey? No, please do, always. Who are, who are proud sponsors of this special episode. And, uh, of course, as you know, House, well, you don't know because you haven't won a major, and neither have I, but you don't win a major <laughs> without making a lot of putts. And uh, with 15 major wins over the last three years, it's clear what putter brand the best players in the world trust when they have to make them, even on beautiful fescue and bent and poa and everything else that's in these greens, which, by the way, are gorgeous right now uh, at Royal Burkdale. Odyssey is, of course, the maker of that putter, the number one putter in golf, and they're essentially so hot right now, as we know, with the O-Works micro hinge insert. They are on fire with that. And, of course, it generates top spin at impact. It keeps the ball in its intended line. Yeah, Rory could use one. Yeah, I, I, I had the micro hinge uh, going for a little while at Turnberry once I stopped my uh, bad habit of a forward press and let the micro Uh-oh. hinge do its thing and let that ball glide over the green. So Nice. Odyssey is the number one putter in golf. And House. Coming up this week, House of Carbs. It may be live already, my friends. The great chef David Chang with a very special announcement. We also had to let uh, Bill Simmons participate once again. Uh, David was in L.A. for this special announcement, and so uh, he made his way over to the Ringer podcast headquarters, and uh, Simmons joined in, so that was an outstanding show. So outstanding. We're going to break it into two parts. Part one out today, uh, and then the next one coming up as the summer progresses. Next week, outstanding. The number one pizza maker in the United States, which I would say makes him uh, possibly one of the the top pizza makers in all of the world. I mean, I'm sure the good people of Italy want to take issue with this, but, you know, Chris Bianco of Bianco's Pizza out in Phoenix, Arizona, the guest for next week's show. Chris has a a, um, cookbook out. We're going to talk to him about that. We have some outstanding segments. Of course, there will be food news, and we have some, some great segments coming up with other um, Ringer friends and family of Ringer Universe. So keep Beautiful. an eye out and your ears open for House of Carbs. <laughs> That's almost as good as your infamous closing for the... The Shackhouse! <laughs> part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.